welcome to the Mom Owned and Operated Podcast, the podcast about moms and for moms, where we have candid conversations about running a business, raising a family, and remembering ourselves. I'm your host, Rita Suzanne, a single mom of four, digital strategist, and provider of no-nonsense business strategies and tactics. This is Rita Suzanne, and today I have my guest, Kelly Sinclair, with me. Thank you so much for joining us, Kelly. I'm so excited to chat with you and learn more about you, your business, and your just you in general, your life, your family. Tell us all about all the things. All the things. Oh, so that's the the opening question. Hi. (laughs) Everything about you. (laughs) Yes. Go. Ready, set, go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to be here, Rita. This is great. Um, So my name is Kelly Sinclair. I live in Alberta, Canada, um, near Calgary, and I run a company which is now called KS and Co. And we do marketing and brand strategy, coaching and graphic design, web design, all of the things related to marketing to help specifically small businesses really elevate and get visibility online, offline, because both are important. Mm -hmm. And uh, really the heart of it all comes down to wanting to support entrepreneurs because I truly believe, and my business was born out of this understanding that when somebody really cares about what they do and when they have passion for it, if they can make that thing be successful and fulfilling for themselves, they will be happier. And in turn, the world gets to be a happier place. So that's what we're all about. And you're a mom. So how old are your littles? My littles are getting not so little. I have a almost nine and almost seven-year-old girls right now. So it's wonderful. They're at school um, and I get to walk them to school every day. It was one of the main reasons why I chose to start my own business. It was uh, actually when they were three and one years old, my mom passed away and I took some time off to kind of regroup my life. As you know, when there's a big tragedy, you kind of need some space to think. And I thought, what am I doing? Like I am commuting to my office, spending almost three hours a day on the road, wow. not getting any quality time with my kids, which was not why I had kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cause they're so little at that point. Oh, so little, like they're, they're at the point at that age where it was like, you had, you came home, you had to feed them before they like got so hangry. And then they were basically immediately in bed. Yeah. Right? Especially so, with such a, a long commute that had mm-hmm. to be hard. What were you doing? Like what kind of work were you doing back then? Um, I worked for a PR agency and oh, nice. I, I liked the work generally. So it was kind of, it was a really big conflict for me. Cause I was like, well, I like this job, but I don't like the, the schedule. I don't like the fact that, you know, if I got a sick kid, I have to ask someone if I can leave and then I feel guilty. And then I feel like, you know, you're always pulled. You can't just like take off at four o'clock and pick, take your kids to gymnastics, which I do now. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. I think that that's the trouble with, um, that I also had when I was after I had my sons, cause I had, you know, the infertility and then I was, 
I wanted to be home with them so bad. I didn't want to be a stay at home mom. I wanted to, but I wanted to have something where I had the flexibility. And once I had my second son, I was just trying to figure out what am I going to do? What, you know, what can I do? Um, what are my skill sets in order to like, what kind of business can I start? You know, and, um, Sometimes it just takes so long to figure it out, which is what you do with your branding, right? Like mm. you're helping people to figure out like kind of how they can create this business that has more on um, authenticity within it. Like that's such a buzzword though. So please tell us like, can you, de- oh, you know, define for us what that means to you? Oh yeah, you're right. It is a buzzword. And yet I still hold on to it as a mm-hmm. core value because I think, it's so important to be yourself and pour that into what you do, like the actual work, the way you talk about it, the way you show up so that you can really feel in alignment. That's what's missing sometimes when, when you don't love what's going on, when you feel like there's a lack of clarity and you're not in the right place, it is this it's a misalignment feeling Mm -hmm. and to get more in alignment, it creates confidence. It creates decisiveness. It creates momentum and that allows you to go forward and to be successful. So I would say I define authenticity as just a true knowing of, of who you are and being able to sort of unapologetically show up in that. And what do you think is the reason that people feel like they can't show up as who they are, you know, uh, especially online. Cause I, I have my thoughts, but I'd love to hear mm. like what you think is the number one thing that holds people back from really showing up online. Oh, that's, that's such a good question, truly. And I think a lot of it is that we are like, it's ingrained in us. We, we, if we've had any sort of job or corporate experience, you get told like, leave your personal stuff at the door. And I'm like, um, you don't have two parts of yourself. You are one person. You have to bring that stuff with you. You need to figure out a way to infuse it sort of appropriately to create some boundaries as, as far as like what you'll share and what you won't share and when and all those kinds of things. But still it's part of who you are. And truly like, I I think that people are worried about being judged. Right. That's what I was thinking. Fear of judgment, I think is the biggest thing, but like you said, in corporate, we are, we are just automatically conditioned to, um, behave a certain way to follow these rules. But then as entrepreneurs, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. And I think though you have to get past that fear, which sometimes can take some time in order to jump past it. Um, do you have any tips on how to help people like actually move past the fear? Like, what do you think? Hmm. That's a great question as well. I think it it comes down to believing that the more true you can be and the more authentic you can be to yourself and sharing your story, the more you are going to make deeper connections with the right people who you're Mm -hmm. trying to reach. So if the whole purpose of you showing up online and like sharing your stuff to build your business out, to grow is to find the right clients who you actually want to work with, then know that you need to build the know, like, and trust factor, right? We've heard this a million times, but do you know, like, and trust somebody that you don't 
know anything about no right you have to actually share some of these things so that people can develop those relationships with you and it truly is about building relationships it's not it's not just about transactions right right Right. or just throwing stuff online that's very random and doesn't really um you know convey the message that you're trying to connect with that person i think a lot of times um people are afraid especially for video or to do something live or to do things like that and so i always just tell the story of like the first time i ever got on periscope and you know so this was long, long time ago, but, um, I was so terrified. I was like, my heart was racing. I think I got my, um, topic was like branding basics. Like I'm going to give you my three branding basics. And I just had a little bullet, you know, list of, uh, my tips for branding. And I think I sped through them so quickly that nobody probably even heard or recognized anything I said. So, um, but then every time that I would do it, another one, I got better, you know, mm-hmm. and the fear and the anxiety kind of dissipated. And even still, sometimes when I'm doing a live thing, I have anxiety, but you know, <laughs> it goes away. <laughs> it's, it's a muscle. You have to train it. I did over a hundred live videos to practice teaching, yeah. to practice sharing, to practice extemporaneous speaking to practice being able to have conversations like this without having to do a whole lot of prep. I used to two days in advance, write out a whole outline. And then it got down to the point where I would make a a bullet point sticky note, like Mm -hmm. 15 minutes beforehand and be able to riff for like 15 minutes. Um, I was going to say a story as well, because I, I actually wrote a chapter in a a book about this, um, a couple of years ago, the whole idea of sharing your story and how that really creates connection. And the challenge I personally had too, because I was like, okay, well, my business is based on a career that I've had for over 10 years. So I've got the resume Mm -hmm. basically. So why do you need my personal story to really like believe who I am and to buy into this. Like you should just, you know, be impressed by just the work that on I've my done. resume. Right. No, right. I have experience and, and I almost am jealous now of people who are like, my story is I had this problem. I figured out how to solve it. And now I'm going to tell you how to do it instead of mine was like, I went to school and then I worked for a long time. And now I have a business doing that. That's, that's boring. Right. But like, right. I, I actually, as I mentioned, I lost my mom and that was really the start of the path down to figuring out that I did actually want to start my own business. I never had thought that I wanted to before. And the first time I remember the first time that I shared that story online and I was like, I I need to actually do this. And I got on Facebook live or something like that. And I (laughs) cried and yeah. And that was, uh, that was, a yeah, it's, it's, it's today is actually like the five-year anniversary of when she went to the hospital and then never Oh no, back. I'm so sorry. Oh goodness. Yeah. It's in, it, and, and it's been five years. So it's, it takes, you know, as you know, time goes on, things hit a little bit differently, but it's still always yeah. a day where you think about it. Right. And you right. figure out how to share it. And, and so the idea of like, crying online and I'm an Enneagram eight. I don't know if you do Enneagram vulnerability is not 
not what I like. Yeah. So that was really, really tough, but Mm -hmm. it really formed some, like created a lot of, um, good relationships with people and, you know, connection points. But also I think it's healing, um, to talk about these things. And even though they're uncomfortable, the healing part is what helps us to, you know, move forward and get through the tough times, you know, um, you know, as you know, with my sister, it's been just like barely over two years and, you know, so it's still tough. It's still hard. And, you know, as you say, you know, we just got to keep moving and keep pushing through. And I too had to, you know, take time off and get some clarity and, and all of that stuff. And that's, that's hard. It's hard to, you know, raise kids and try to run a business and then have such a devastating event happen. You know, it's really hard to, to stay on, on task and move forward. Yep. Yeah. How do you feel when you hear someone say brand vision? If you feel overwhelmed and unsure, Kelly has an upcoming workshop that'll help you get organized and excited about your brand. Kelly is giving away so much value for free because her purpose is to support you in building a business that you are passionate about. The first step in doing that is getting clarity about your bigger vision for your brand. Take advantage of this free workshop by signing up at ritasuzanne.com slash brand vision, or you can just grab the link in the description. Now let's get back to the episode. What is your magic brand formula? Hmm. So the magic brand formula. Yeah, this is the foundation of everything that I teach and work, how I work with my clients to help them really create a brand that they feel authentic about that feels true to them. And the formula is who you are, plus who you're for, plus why it matters. And Mm -hmm. it's important that it rolls out in that order, because we need to have that self-discovery, have that awareness of you as a person, as a business to bring that first and foremost, because you're not creating your business around who you think you want to serve and who you want to help. And for other people that comes next, once you understand your values and are really clear about what, um, like how you want to show up and your boundaries and your skills and your superpowers and all of that, then you can go, who is the right fit for this? Because there's every type of person in the world and there's, there's a market for everything. So you don't have to start there. I feel like that's a misconception and I like to flip that on its head. Yeah. Because if you start with looking for the market and trying to find the people, then are you really going to build something that actually is the right thing for you? Mm -hmm. So do you, when you're doing your, your, your process, are you finding like one, like one person or are you finding like a group of people in your like brand discovery process. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I believe for sure in the power of niching down Mm -hmm. and, uh, I don't necessarily subscribe to the amount of demographic information that some, um, ideal client exercises might want you to create. I think Mm -hmm. some of it's relevant and some of it isn't like in your case, you're specifically talking to moms. You have to say that, Mm -hmm. right. Um, But you don't necessarily need to say that they have kids at a certain age or 
they're at a certain stage in their business, like maybe that part doesn't matter as much. Maybe it doesn't matter whether they like the color pink or (laughs) like that. So yeah. I I think for this, it definitely is very much like if you're a mom and you're a business owner, then, you know, this is, this is for you. Right. But when you're selling a service or something like the way that I would do branding would be, um, typically people come to me, they already have their product or service in place. Right. And now they're, they're trying to figure out, well, how do I sell this thing? Right. So like you, I'm having them think about this thing that they already have. And then we're, we're niching down and figuring out who that one person is, because as entrepreneurs, I think the hardest thing for a lot of people to do is actually write the content that they need in order to appeal to their target audience. And if they don't niche down to that one person and really have that, you know, specific thing, my process, my branding is like four questions. That's how long my questionnaire is, four questions, but they're really in depth. And then I'm pushing them on, well, what about this? And what about that with this person? Mm -hmm. So that we are really defining them really deeply so that they can then think about this. And I'm explaining to them why this is important during the whole process, Mm -hmm. which sounds like similar to what, how you do it as well. Yeah. Because ultimately you need to be able to get inside of their heads. And that's one of the hardest things that for people to do in general is to wear somebody else's perspective. Mm -hmm. Like as humans, we have our own opinions and we can be closed-minded on things. Right. And especially when you're the person who's in the problem solver seat, like how do you get into really understanding the person with the problem Mm -hmm. and what they would think and what they would feel and what they care about and how they would explain it? Because that's the biggest thing, because that's where the messaging comes in. That's the, why it matters piece, being able to Mm -hmm. create the messaging that actually fits with the person that you're talking to, because you understand the way that they express what their challenges are, the things they're really struggling with. Cause that's not the same things that you're struggling with. You may have previously, especially if you have that journey of my problem, I fixed it. Now I'm showing you, Mm -hmm. but understanding your clients is especially difficult when you don't have your own experience to pull back on, or you haven't maybe yet worked with enough people to have them in front of you, telling you what they need, telling you what, you know, they're, where they're getting stuck so that you can focus on that. Yeah, I think, and I think that that's the hardest part too, is really, um, you know, cause a lot of times people will come and I'm sure they do it to you too. They'll come to me and say, okay, well, my client is between the ages of 35 and 55. And I'm like, no, no, they're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We're going to do one person and we're going to name her this. And where, how old is she? Like, <laughs> you know, specifically I need to know because it, you know, the, differences between someone who's 35 and 55 are astronomical, right? And so even though someone who's 55 might hire you and you still might get people who are 35, who is your ideal person, your one person that you want to target in on? Because that's going to make it all work so much easier for you. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's like you said, it's hard for people to to get that because they're so close to their business that it's hard for them to see someone else. Yeah. And when it comes to messaging, one of the things I like to talk about is the, like, like you're the doctor and they're the patient. So mm-hmm. they're coming to you with symptoms and how are they explaining those symptoms yes. versus what, you know, their actual problem is. Cause that's a whole other layer, right? 
you know mm-hmm. what they really are, what they're really challenged with, but yeah. they don't know that. And I saw the best thing uh, online the other day. It said like, stop solving problems. Your clients don't know they have. Mm. Have you heard the thing that said, um, sell them what they want and give them what they need. Exactly. I I mean, that couldn't be any more true, you know, because they think that they want, you know, a website, but what you're giving them is the actual marketing strategy, you know, for them long-term, you know? So yeah, I love, I love, love, love that. So, um, one of the things that I'm always saying, and I think that you, you, we share this as, as well is I'm always telling people that they need to stay on brand and people are like, I don't understand what that means. So, um, what are your tips to help someone stay on brand and, and maintaining that authenticity? Like, how do you help your clients do that? Well, I have to say the first step is to do the work, right? Do the work to actually get the clarity about what your brand really is. Like take the time and sit down and answer those hard questions. I find that my clients are like, whoa, this should have come with a warning. Like this is personal development work because I'm asking them questions. Like, who are you? Like, Mm -hmm. what do you care about? What do you value? How does that then? Cause then you can thread that through into messages, video content, figuring out like what you're saying, how you're saying it, the way that you work with people, all of it comes from there. Mm -hmm. But that work is people resist it. Um, And I can say, I just rewrote my whole website and and created a whole new brand for my business. So I'm very fresh in having done this. And I was like, I don't want to do this worksheet. I don't want to sit here and answer these questions. Like, like, what are your core brand messages? Oh my goodness. Like I, I feel fairly connected to that, but you still have to articulate it. You got to put it down somewhere. You have to give yourself that kind of sheet, let's Mm -hmm. call it that you can reference back to and check in with, and it becomes your litmus test so that you really know if, is this on brand? Like, what am I holding that up to? What is that question up against? So I can answer that. I love that. I think that that's so true. And maybe we need to go back a little bit and define like, what do you, what do you define as a brand? Like what is someone's brand? Hmm. Well, um, I'm going to steal Jeff Bezos's quote because it's my favorite. It's your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. So all of the things that you say and do and are your actions and your messages combined create an impression on somebody. And that becomes the way that they talk about you. It's not just about what you do, but it's about who you are. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's important? What is the mission? What is the bigger thing that you're trying to strive towards that people can connect to that they're actually interested in sort of being a part of? Mm -hmm. What I find is a lot of people think that their logo and their colors are their brand. And so I think the most important, and so that's what they want to focus on. They were like, oh, just, I need this most extravagant logo I can create. And also like the most excessive, um, color palette. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. I feel like (laughs) the, the visual piece is an expression of your Mm -hmm. brand and it helps to 
underscored, especially um, considering using all of the senses, right? Because right. some of sometimes people are engaging with you, they're listening to a podcast or they're reading something or they're seeing you train or they're in person with you or they just see the visuals and the visual just reinforces all of that message. But all of the work that you do to figure out what your brand is includes things like what's your personality. Mm-hmm. And so, and what are like the, the core personality markers that you want to capture that come across then in colors mm-hmm. and fonts, right? Cause you can look at a brand and you can easily say that that's bold or that's soothing or that's fun, right? right. Or it's a combination of those. And, and is that representing then what you really want versus so so to even get to the stage where you work with a designer, you need to be able to articulate what you care about, not just say, I want a logo. That must be the most frustrating client, right? I need a logo. Okay. <laughs> right, right. And th- But they don't want to do the actual discovery um, process or like any of the strategy that goes behind it. And so, um, yeah, sometimes that can be a struggle. And I think that a lot of times those probably are the clients who are still in their own phase of discovery, right? Because I always say when people first start out, usually within the first two years, they're going to pivot their things are going to change. Everything is going to be look different in two years. So you really shouldn't spend too much money in that in that time. Um, when you're ready to up level, that's when you want to really invest I think that is solid advice because you will, your brand is an evolution. And I think Mm -hmm. that people get a little bit afraid of making a decision because they think that it's permanent, but like, it's not a tattoo. (laughs) It's just, it's something that will grow with you. And for me in five years, that's, I'm into my third logo, Mm -hmm. for example, right? Because it's, it's shift. Things have changed. My services have changed my, yeah. Your target audience has changed, right? Grown. My team has grown. So all of those things contribute to whether you need to like make an adjustment in what, how that visually comes across. But I would agree with you too. Like if you're just starting a business, like sure, go ahead and make a, and it depends on what your bigger vision is too, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times people starting a business aren't necessarily thinking like, I'm going to conquer the world. Some of you are, and I love you for that, (laughs) but usually it's like, here's my little piece of this. And I want to, you know, put a little stamp on it and here's my logo and let's go. So I think for a lot of people like, like us, you know, it's really just about, um, wanting to create that freedom in order to be home with our kids and to, you know, have the life that we always wanted to create it, but we didn't really know how. And so we start out with something. And then as you mentioned, it, it develops and it changes and in all these iterations come from there. And then after a couple of years, that's when we're really clear because we've worked with clients that have helped us to realize that we don't want to work with that type of client anymore, you know, or we found a couple of ideal, perfect clients that we loved working with mm-hmm. and we want more of that. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of when new people or when someone wants to start their new business, what do you have, like, what type of advice do you have for a mom who wants to start her own business? Like, what are some good tips that you can give? So just starting brand new? Either. Let's, let's start with brand new and then we can work up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. 
when you first start, I think it, it, the, the main thing is to do something that is fulfilling because you're constantly, and I think this is what, where my journey kind of came to when you work, when you know that you need that part of your brain, first of all, like, and you're like, I don't want to just stay at home with my kids and just raise my kids. I need something else that's for me that feels like impact. Mm -hmm. Know that it's going to always pull on your time. Right. So I found even going back to my job after maternity leave, it was like, whoa, this job better impress me more now. It's not like I'm, I shifted from like, oh yeah, I have a job and that's exciting to, I'm spending, you know, 11 and a half hours a day away from my kid. Mm -hmm. So I better be really enjoying what I do. So anytime that you're going to spend that is for your business, make sure it's something that you really care about, Mm -hmm. that you really love, because that's going to make you want to do it as well. Yeah. For me, when I first started, my um, goal was really just to, it wasn't that I loved designing websites. It was that I had something to prove to everyone else who said that I couldn't do it. And it was really about that more than anything else. And, you know, um, I just kept on trying and trying and trying and trying. And I would say that that at that point, I probably shouldn't have left my job, you know, because it wasn't the thing that I ultimately wanted to do, but it was something that I needed to do. And, um, because it wasn't the thing that I loved. I always loved teaching. I, when I was in corporate, I was always teaching. That was the thing that I, but I had thought that web design was the thing for me because, every blog post that I'm reading, every podcast that I was listening to, everyone was talking about their website. And I was like, Hey, I can be a designer. (laughs) So, so I taught myself how to design because I thought this is where, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to be financially secure, but little did I know or understand the uh, feast and famine, the business burnout, the, you know, um, how to manage all the things that happen when you are a service provider. Um, So, yeah, that's tough. I love your advice though, because, you know, in hindsight, I think that it would have probably been better for me to kind of stick it out and work in corporate while I was doing it, but Hey, it it worked out. It worked out. We all get to where we're supposed to go eventually. Right. Yeah. And and I think that there's something kind of energetic there too, right? Like when you can step into like a positive energy of like, this is the thing that I really am excited about. Mm-hmm. I, I, my kind of general philosophy in business is like three parts, feel connected to what you're doing, like yeah. get excited, then, then you'll do the thing. Mm-hmm. Cause we all know that nothing happens if no action is taken. So really the key to success right. is action. And then there's the results. Mm-hmm. So feel connected, do the thing, get results. What are the results? Maybe it's financial freedom. Maybe it's learning that that was the wrong thing to do. Right. <laughs> right? There's the, all of the, all of the, the lesson, right? It's all important. You have to go through it all. Yeah. And then you repeat if necessary. Exactly. <laughs> so for someone who's in later stages of their business, what is your advice to them? I think it's about reconnecting, right? Yeah. It all comes, keeps coming back to that. So if you're feeling like stuck, if you're feeling like, 
you don't really know what to do next. You're not quite sure if this is the right fit, like come yeah. back into yourself and do some of that discovery to yeah. reconnect with the purpose behind what you're doing. And the purpose is, of course, there's a purpose in that I want to create um, a particular kind of life for my family. Mm -hmm. I want to create this sort of flexible schedule. I want that, all of those things, but the actual outcome of the work that you do is important as well so that, that you can reconnect to just why and who you're helping. And, and when you can flip kind of into that, I think that that becomes more appealing to people as well. Right. You know, there's, because there's, there's a more, the more authenticity. So yeah, yeah some I get people that. will say for sure there's business owners out there. And I, and I know some of them who are like, no, the first thing is I have to make money. Well, mm -hmm. nobody's going to buy into that. Like, I'm not going to just go give you money because you have to make money. Right. <laughs> I want to work with you because of a different reason. Right. Exactly. I, and I think that's hard for people to understand, like, yes, your goals can be this thing, but if you're, if there's a disconnect in your marketing or even in your business as a whole, then it's going to be really hard for you to get um, people to sign up for that. So one thing that I love talking about is, you know, I love talking about business. I love talking about our families, but the most important thing to me is how are you remembering yourself? Like, what are you doing just for Kelly? Oh, this has been a long process to actually yeah. allow myself, especially because I had so much corporate time. I probably, mm -hmm. I worked in corporate for like 12 years. Mm -hmm. So anything that was not like producing something never felt like it was actually work or, or or needed. Right. So everything else was extra. It was like, work is this eight, nine hours a day. And then all the other things like, you know, working out and eating healthy and whatever. And I finally acknowledged that something <laughs> that your body is in charge of what you put out. Mm -hmm. So taking care of yourself mentally, physically, um, emotionally, all of those things is really, truly an important part of it, it does affect your ability to do your work. So yeah. I now have very more set, like I'm going to get a massage once a month. I'm going to book that every time I go in, I book the next one and mm -hmm. I just carve this time out. And now eventually after five years, I've been able to reduce the guilt that I have about whether I have enough time to do those things. Right. I love, I love that. I think that a lot of times moms, you know, obviously once we become a mom, you get, you push yourself to the back. Once you start a business, you push yourself even further back. And, um, a lot of times we equate self-care with actually going and doing stuff. And me personally, I don't, if you've ever like, <laughs> if you listen to any of my podcasts, I'll talk about how my self-care sometimes can be locking myself in my room for 10 minutes, you know, or, you know, my kids are older, so I can stay in here for, you know, longer periods of time, but sometimes just being alone, you know, is self-care or going for a walk or something um, because, you know, our kids, they need so much from us that sometimes it, and especially for me, it can be so depleting because they're, you know, there's four of them and they're just like, 
they're so needy, you know, and, um, but I need to take care of myself. And so sometimes that's why I will just lock myself. Don't get me wrong. I love massages (laughs) too. And and all of the, all of the things. And, and I agree with you. It's self-care does not just have to be those things where you're like, I went to the spa today, but eventually you might be able to stack those on top. Um, but to me, I actually like my alone time is my work time. The fact that I get yeah. childcare for my kids mm-hmm. has been uh, a bit of a mom guilt issue, but I'm like, I just, I want a clear line so that I can be fully a mom at the time I'm being a mom and I can be fully in my business at the time that I'm doing work. And I don't have to blur those things. Homeschooling yeah. kids during school closures and things like that has really still highlighted that I need those clear breaks. Like I can't do both because you feel like you're not doing a good job at either. No, I agree because I think, you know, since all of this stuff happened, you know, with my sister passing and then the the closures and the kids being home at school, it was, um, and then I was going through a divorce and all this stuff all at the same time. Um, you know, it was definitely very eye opening that I needed, to simplify, right? Like I needed to let go of a lot of things. And it took me some time to even get to that point. And I still feel like I need help. You know, I need help with things maybe around my house. I was just saying like, I need a babysitter, you know, like I need someone who's going to come in and, um, you know, keep my kids if I want to, um, go to an event or something on a Friday night, because I have very limited assistance with my kids. And so I was just thinking that last night and saying it, but I think, you know, it, you just have to do what works best for you and you shouldn't feel guilty about childcare. I mean, you are, that's a luxury that you have and, you know, it's good for them for their socialization and all of that other stuff. And then they get to see their mom working and doing, you know, doing so great. Yeah. I live on, we live on a, um, a park and there's the kids have a lot of friends here. So mm-hmm. often be home working still haven't gone to pick up the kids and like their friends are ringing the doorbell. Yeah. So that always pulls just a little bit, but I'm like, no, see, so some of my self-care is actually that I'm doing, that I'm carving Working. up the time to yeah. do my work because that's yeah. important to me. Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, tell everyone where they can find you online. If you have any free gifts, like tell us all about them and, mm-hmm. you know, let us know. All the new things. So my new website is ksco, ksco.ca. And I'm at ksco underscore Kelly on Instagram and on my website and through my Instagram link, you will find a workbook to help you start getting the clarity that you need on figuring out your brand uh, in an authentic way. So you can go on there and download that. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. I love it. Thanks so much for having me, Rita. And there you have it. I want to encourage you to remember that being a mom who runs her own business is not easy. We all struggle, but just keep moving forward and don't forget to make time for yourself. As moms, we are usually the first thing to go to the bottom of the list. If your business is overwhelming you and you need real solutions, not just some sugar-coated suggestions, apply to work with me at ritasuzanne.com apply.